Welcome to the Career Fluencer Podcast. This is Lauren Lapid. I am a graphic designer currently based out of New York, New York. It could be really intimidating applying to a job where you know there might be somebody who went to a more prestigious school than you or somebody who knows somebody at that company. But what I will say is that you can't count yourself out. Nothing is stopping you. A lot of kind of the thought process about my career was impacted by my upbringing. I'm first-gen Asian-American, so my parents moved to America from the Philippines, and with that move came a lot of expectations onto me and my sister, who was older than me. As I was entering high school, she was entering college and had moved out, and I kind of got to watch her life through my own lens and see her kind of struggle through living to, living up to my parents' expectations. So she was an avid writer growing up and then ended up becoming a bio major in hopes of going to med school and becoming a doctor, aka part one of my parents' American dream. I was supposed to be part two. My parents wanted me to be a lawyer and I was so prepped for it. I said the speech at my high school graduation, I was always really vocal and active in my community, but I always had a side hustle of graphic design. I was always the artsy one in the family, and that was all well and cool when it was a hobby, but by mid-high school, I was editor-in-chief of my high school yearbook, which was a really big deal because it was award-winning, and it was really competitive, and I got it as somebody who had only been on the staff for a year. So it was supposed, it was like kind of a big deal and I got it and I didn't realize at the time, but it really helped me grow as a graphic designer and I was really throwing in all of my free time. Senior year for college applications, I had taken the SAT, the ACT, gotten all these great scores that would have gotten me, I'm sure, into a great school that would have prepped me for law school. And then I like had this moment with my older sister who was about to graduate from college and she picked me up from school one day and she was crying and just had this huge breakdown about how she didn't want to go to med school, how she had wasted four years of a degree and how she didn't know what she was going to do with her life. And that freaked me out because here I was about to apply to basically be a pre-law major and eventually one day go to law school. And she was telling me, don't do it, basically. And it was less so of don't become a lawyer. It was more of don't do something you don't actually want to do because it's going to impact the rest of your life. And by then, you know, I had already really considered being a graphic design major anyway. But I think to that moment with my older sister as the really big pivotal moment where I decided to shift gears and 100% just go all in and go to design school and eventually become a professional graphic designer like I am today. But years and years ago, before computers were really big and graphic design was really what it is today, the time that my parents grew up in, they didn't really see it as something real. Like They couldn't really fathom how I could make a career more or less a livable salary as a graphic designer. And I work for a huge publishing company now. 
um, it's really big, it's really famous, it's really notorious, and it kind of had the reputation back in the day that my parents were so afraid of, that they would work you really hard and you wouldn't get paid well, and you know, you'd be grabbing coffee for someone, and that it just wouldn't be a real career path, and that there would be no growth or mobility, and that was scary to them. And of course, when you have a generational gap like that, you kind of have to find a way to bridge that gap and make them realize that things are different and that there is merit to your passions and what you want to do. And I knew that it was going to be an uphill battle. My parents sacrificed so much for me and I didn't want to be a disappointment. But just seeing my sister have so much regret, I knew that if I didn't take the chance and at least try to pursue my passions, that I would regret it. Man, I don't think anything could have prepared me for the difficulty of becoming a successful graphic designer in New York City because I definitely thought I was ready. I mean, I was that person in college Not to toot my own horn, but I had a job or an internship or a freelance gig literally every semester I would be working. Every summer I was either in San Francisco working in tech or I was in LA working on a movie studio a lot. And so I thought like, wow, I'm a shoe in. I can easily get a job in New York City. And then second semester of my senior year of college hit and not a word from any New York companies, any New York agencies on a full-time offer. And it was tragic. I felt like such an imposter. I had worked so hard in college and yet I couldn't do the one thing. I couldn't get a job. And the one offer I got in New York City was a fellowship for a prominent agency and it didn't pay well. It paid minimum wage, which in New York City and anywhere really is barely livable. But I was like, you know what? It's 10 weeks. I have savings and I can make this work. And if it doesn't work, fine. I'll go back to California and figure it out. But I have to at least try. So I left and I moved to New York City with this minimum wage job, living in this crazy small room and just did it for 10 weeks. I worked so hard. If anything, it humbled me and I left college thinking that I was on top of the world and doing this experience and having these no's, so many no's and so many of my own perceived failures really grounded me and pushed me to work harder. I was applying to jobs like every day. I was going to interviews during my lunch breaks and I was really, really hustling and working hard. And whenever I felt like, oh my God, is this even worth it? Like things would be so much easier if I just went back home. I like stopped and thought back to that first pivotal moment where I decided to just change my whole entire college career plan and become a graphic designer in the first place and thought like, okay, if I do this, all of the turmoil and hard work that 16-year-old me put in to getting me where I am now today would be wasted because I would just be giving up. The fellowship that I was at, I loved that company and for a second I thought that After the fellowship, I would take that full-time offer and stay, but I am never one to put all my eggs in one basket, and so even when I had my offer letter, I was still interviewing with other places, and there was one place in particular, which is where I work now, that I 
just had always seen as the gold standard, as somewhere that if I could be a graphic designer there, then I'll know that I've made it, or to some extent that I am talented and be, I guess, validated in some way by working at this company, which I think, A, is something that I am now more self-aware of is kind of not a mistake, but you shouldn't put your self-worth into who you're working for or where you're working at. And so I'm more aware of that now, but I am proud to be working at where I, I currently work. But I didn't think that I could get the job. So they didn't really typically hire new grads. And nearly every single designer position was like associate or mid-senior level. And so when I applied, I was like, well, this is a shot in the dark and submit my resume into the void online, which is always terrifying. It's like, okay, will anyone actually see this? But somebody did see it and the recruiter reached out to me and then the hiring manager reached out to me. And then all of a sudden I was in these interviews in this big office trying to impress everybody and not act like I had graduated in May. It was just surreal when I got that offer call because there was, when I was interviewing, I was like, this is a stretch. There's no way they're going to choose me. I'm sure there are way more senior people with way more experience that went to a more prestigious school. Like I remember in the eighth grade, we had to do one of those like little, we had to research a company we'd want to work for and then write a little essay about why we'd want to work for them. And that was the company that I had chosen. And so that's crazy. I was like 11 when I wrote that essay. If this was my mom, she would be saying that she was super proud of me for being valedictorian in college, but I I didn't really find much joy in that somehow. I think the two things in my career that I am most proud of are the opportunities that I received through just working hard and applying and nagging people on LinkedIn. My sophomore year of college, I got an internship at a huge movie studio in Los Angeles that I had wanted for so long. And the third week in to the internship, my manager and I were having a little one-on-one. We were just sitting in her office and she turned to me and she was like, you know, Lauren, out of the 10 people I had to interview for this position, you are the only one in the stack that didn't have a star next to your name, meaning you were the only one that wasn't a must interview because of a connection or wasn't a referral. And I was so floored because I I knew that in any industry, knowing somebody is helpful and knowing somebody will get you in the door, but I don't think I realized it would be to that extent. Like 10,000 people applied for this internship, 10 people interviewed for my particular department, and I was the only one that didn't have somebody vouching for me already and I got it. I just thought that was crazy and extremely humbling. And I am so, so, so proud of that particular internship. And then I would say I'm proud of how I got the job that I got today because a lot of people doubted it. A lot of people at home were like, New York is going to exhaust her and she's going to come home. Or, you know, part of me too was like, you didn't go to the most prestigious school. You didn't go to the most competitive art school. Like, what are you doing? You're in over your head. And then when I got this job, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> a, I feel like being self-aware is important when you're taking risks. Otherwise, 
you could take a risk too far or not be realistic about anything and set yourself up for failure. I think I'm the kind of person that would have a 10-year plan and make action steps and then then tell people to hold me accountable to it, which I know is crazy. I was literally way too way too ambitious as a kid. But I was fortunate to have my older sister really hold me accountable and just like a small group of people that I really trusted that I thought of as mentors. And whenever I felt any doubt, I would talk to one specific mentor in particular. He would just sit me down whenever I was spiraling and be like, little L, like you gotta chill. Like you need to realize that not everything is going to be picture perfect. Like it's not like a movie. Everything isn't just going to fall in line for you. Like you're gonna have to work for it. But the thing is you've already worked so hard and it would just be stupid to beat yourself up over every failure. And he was really the person that kind of just made me realize that to an extent, my perfectionism was almost toxic to myself. But I think I've always been the type of person, and maybe it was for my upbringing, but I always have been, to an extent, very aware of how my actions impact others. But I think that something so important to everybody, like no matter what, level of your career you're at is to have somebody that really knows you hold you accountable and call you out when maybe you are overextending or call you out when you're not giving yourself enough credit because it's so easy to kind of go in a spiral in your own head going through all the what ifs and having somebody to kind of ground you to reality is so important.